0: The Oklahoma City Thunder lost to the L.A. Clippers 99-94. However, Josh Giddy showed us something different in his game. SGA had some great quotes after the game and also had a very good third quarter. Darius Baisley continues to be a talking point, but more importantly, we saw how the rotation shook out a bit tonight with the Thunder missing some key pieces. How did they fare in this game? What could have led them to a win in this game? We'll dive into all of it on today's Locked on Thunder on the Locked on Podcast Network, your teams every day. city thunder podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day all right let's get it going on the locked on thunder podcast on locked on podcast network your teams every day i am your host the member and site expert over at thunderous intentions.com rylan styles you can follow me over on twitter at rylan underscore styles It's at r-y-l-a-n underscore s-t-i-l-a-s you can follow the show on twitter at Lo Thunderpod, and even email the show l at gmail.com on today's show we're diving into the thunder loss against the la clippers we're going to break down josh giddy's game sga's game darius basley pokashevsky was really good tonight derek favors was good tonight and we found some things out about the rotation i think from tonight's contest this show is brought to you by RockAuto.com amazing selection reliably low prices with the parts of your car, need rockout.com. I want to see right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Locked on Thunder and making Locked On Thunder your first listen every single morning. We're here for you every single day talking Thunder basketball. Subscribe for free on all platforms for free on all platforms, including on YouTube. So you can go do that right now. Let's get into the show. Let's get into the game. It was a fun game against the Clippers, a game that everyone wanted to win. So it felt huge, right? It felt monumentous. It felt like old times. We've got fights going on in the Twitter mentions. We've got debates breaking out. We've got passion. We've got topics. Felt good. It felt good to be back for one night. It felt really good to be back where everyone's just throwing haymakers on the timeline and trying to figure out how to win a game. That's what we're missing. That's what the Thunder are trying to get back to. Whenever every game is a vicious fight, the way that last night was against the LA Clippers, and they lose 99 to 94. But we'll start, we always do with our game overview. Lou Dort was out, and then Mark clarified that it's just shoulder soreness. That's hard to say. And it's one of those things where it's not bad. Like, it's not, it's not going to keep him out long-term, but you don't really know how it's going to heal. I mean, think about whenever you get like a flu shot or the COVID shot or whatever, your your shoulder is sore, your arm is sore. And in certain positions, it feels great. And then imagine going trying to play basketball. I couldn't do that in the NBA in general, much less with a with a sore, sore arm. So we'll see if he plays Wednesday. The, the benefit here is that it happened now that he has kind of just this weird uh, shoulder issue that's are sore, is the schedule's actually very spaced out this week. They don't play again until Thursday, so they'll have a couple of days off here to get the arm right, and then they don't play again after after Thursday to Sunday. So I'd imagine they'll play again this week at some point. It was a kind of a confusing quote. The remark said that you know he didn't play tonight, but almost did. As I told you on the podcast yesterday, was not he was not on the report Sunday night, Monday morning, but then was added on later on in the afternoon, and then also said he's not close to being hundred percent. So it's just kind of weird of what percentage can Lou Dort play at? Because I think that he won't get back to hundred percent, you know, anytime soon because hundred percent is hard to achieve. I'm not sure that many of you listening to this podcast right now at hundred percent. So uh, what percentage point are we looking for with Lou Dort in terms of playing again, but it should not be long at all. Uh, he was out. Gabriel deck was out with a heel injury. Paul Watson, Jr. Aaron Wiggins, Vit Trey, man. They're all with the blue. As you all know, uh, Kawhi was out. Obviously, Marcus Morris was out. Jason Preston was out. Ibaka was out. And Keon Johnson was out. The Thunder start without Lou Dort. They start SGA, Josh Giddy, Darius Baisley, and then Jerry and Derek Favors, which was actually a pretty good run. The Clippers start Reggie Jackson, Eric Butzo, Paul George, Nicholas Batun, and Zubach. This game had it all. This game was fun. And this game was also the picture-perfect game of what, We've all said, whenever we're talking about the Thunder, this is a young team. And while they have talent on their team, they're just too young to actually win. They're just too young to get over that hump. Because in this game, the Thunder came out strong. Clippers clawed back. Thunder threw a counterpunch, grew that lead again. Clippers clawed back. And that charade, that back and forth went on for a very long time until the Clippers crawled back and the Thunder didn't have a counterpunch left. With a minute to go in the game, that's all it was. The Thunder ran out of gas because they're a young team and didn't know how to close the game. And that's what this season is about. It's about putting these young players in those positions, and then tonight and tomorrow morning and the next day, they're going to review the, the film, they're going to break it down, see how they can improve, and see what went wrong, what went right, and they're going to adjust to it. That's what this season is all about. So it was a really hard fought game, and you and you love the fact that these young players got that position. They got to be put in that position to learn and to grow. And Josh Giddey showed out in that position. And the Thunder let him run the point guard a lot more this game. I don't know if that was by design or what, but he, he he was controlling the offense a lot more this game throughout it, and really especially down the stretch. The most important part of Josh Giddey's game tonight, as we always fawn over Josh Giddey and we're just jaw dropped by this rookie every single night. And it's amazing that so far, and, and it will come, right? It will come. It will not be all sunshine and rainbows for two games unless he's some prodigy. It will come where he has a stretch that it's not dazzling every single night. But so far, he's seven for seven in terms of games that you leave going, wow, this kid's special, right? At some point, he'll hit that rookie wall. He'll hit that point where he needs to make adjustments. But for now, it's special. And he showed us again something has not shown us before. It was not just the passing. It was not just the playmaking. It was the spot-up shooting tonight. We know he can pass and playmake. We know he's elite. Day one, two-day, he is elite at passing and playmaking. We know that that floater game looks to be something that can really enhance his game overall. And to this point, that, along with passable defense, is what he's shown us. But tonight, he had a brilliant night as a spot-up shooter. And there's two distinct plays. Number one, and this one I think is the most repeatable and the most important was a play that if you watch the game, you're going to be able to envision it in your head um, automatically. He comes on the floor, the defense drops heavily into the paint to kind of protect against this playmaking, this dump off passing ability and I don't know if it was miscommunication or the plan all along, but they dropped so far off of him that Josh Giddey is left alone, wide open at the free throw line. And so Josh Giddey looks around, realizes it, and says, okay, I'll just shoot right here. Shoots a spot-up free, uh, you know, free throw line shot, nails it. And then comes back a couple possessions later, and hits a spot-up shot over Paul George. And then down the stretch of this game, in a moment with about one 2 two minutes-ish, somewhere in that ballpark, he takes Paul George to the rack and scores on at the rim. Paul George. Now, you can make the Paul George jokes all you want to, but we can all agree from his time in Oklahoma City and Indiana and his time with L.A. even, dude is a, a superstar player, finished third MVP voting, uh, is a top-of-the-line defender, and an 18-year-old. Hit a spot-up shot over him and took him to the rack in the clutch moments of this game, whenever the Clippers desperately need a win. The Clippers were embracing at half court in this game as if they won the finals because they got their second win of the year. They are desperate for these wins. They can't afford to blow these games that it seems they should be, right? The Clippers are in a position where they're undermatched. You know, they're undermanned. They're missing. Abaka, they're missing Morse, they're missing Kawhi, they're missing all these key players that they cannot afford to blow games against teams that on paper they should annihilate. So this meant a ton to the Clippers. And yet, for the majority of the stretch with the last five minutes in this game, Josh Giddy, an 18-year-old kid, controlled the game and dominated the game against an MVP, Defensive Player of the Year caliber player in Paul George. And that part of it, that offensive part of it that we've seen these last few weeks that we didn't expect to see at all his rookie year. That's why you should be super excited if you're a Thunder fan. And that's why you should have a ton of, a ton of hope for the future because he goes for 15 points, five rebounds, seven assists, two steals, two blocks, only three turnovers. Again, only three turnovers as the Thunder allow him to be that lead ball handler a lot more. And so When you mix his floater ability, which opens up the playmaking lanes for him, you mix that along with this newfound spot-up shooting ability, which we don't know is real yet or not, but if it is real, it's awesome. Along with his downhill speed, which going way back to training camp before we even saw this kid play a game, Mark Dagnot, the Thunderhead coach, compared to a running back in the NFL. All those things with elite passing and playmaking with passable defense and with a three-point shot that he's shown, like if he if he never improves his three-point shooting this in his career, if he continues this pace from beyond the arc for his entire career, and you can guarantee me a 33% shooter from beyond the arc for Giddy's career, I would sign the dotted line right now to lock Josh Giddy in to a 33% shooter from beyond the arc if he continues to improve as, as a floater you know, shooter and a mid-range shooter and a spot-up shooter and a downhill rim runner and a playmaker, if he's going to do all those things, plus play passable defense and shoot 33% from three, this kid will be a blue chip superstar. And again, the wall is going to come, but so far, but so far all this guy's done, all this 18-year-old kid has done is shown you he has it. He has the making of a star. And he mentioned after the game today that we're watching a star evolve in SGA. We're also watching a star evolve in Josh Giddey. We'll talk about SGA though coming up. But first, I want to say right now, But are good friends over at Price Picks. Price Picks has the best NBA daily fantasy sport prop game on the market. Price Picks offers more NBA props than any other player on the DFS prop operators and offers all the superstar players along with bench players who only record a handful of minutes each game. Price Picks offers any prop you can think of, yardage to touchdown, even interceptions thrown, or points or turnovers or blocks or steals. All of the users that deposit and use my code will receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100. So be sure to use the code NBA. That's our code NBA. You pick two to five players in an over under on their projected stats, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. Prize Picks allows mixed sport entries, even. So you can take the over on Josh Giddy points, but the under on Patrick Mahomes passing yards in the same exact entry. Using the award winning app on both the App Store and Google Play, entries can be made. In 60 seconds or less, it's so easy. Price Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. So do not hesitate. Check out pricepick.com and use promo code NBA to go to your app store and download the app today. That's it. promo code NBA, pricepicks.com. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. We are back on the Lockdown Thunder podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I want to thank you right now for making Lockdown Thunder a part of your daily listen, a part of your daily routine. We're here for you every single day. Make it your first listen each morning. It's free and available on all platforms, including the new platform of YouTube. So make sure you go subscribe anywhere you get podcasts from and follow me over on Twitter at Rylan underscore But Let's talk about SGA right now. SGA had a huge third quarter. He ends the game with 28 points, seven rebounds, two assists, two steals, a block, and two turnovers. Three of five from three, 47% from the floor overall, and that sidestep step-back three is turning into a real weapon for him. Even as you have to sacrifice some efficiency for that shot, it's a, it's a trade-off that you do 10 times out of 10. Because with SGA's length, With SGA's size, he can create so much space, even against the the top-of-the-line defenders, with that move, that it opens up not only his three-point shot, but also his ability to drive to the rim, which we know from last year and even this year, he's elite at. He's elite at driving to the rim. So it's a real weapon. We've seen it on Instagram. We've we've heard it from the, the, the guy's mouth himself. This is something that he's consciously tried to add over the last few years. And now we're seeing it in games. And again, it's going to take away from the efficiency. But the reward from that, the benefit from that leads to, down the road, better team success. Because SGA becoming a bucket getter, becoming somebody who can knock down shots from long distance, who can drive to the rim and drive and kick and finish at the rim and slither his way down there and get to the line long term. That's way more important. Even just this one little area of his game, adding to it, than a couple more points on his field goal percentage. You'd rather have the step back threes. You'd rather have that creation. You'd rather have somebody who, you know, can go get you a bucket. And you have to remember whenever watching this game, and and it was a fun game to watch again. I want to reiterate that, but down the stretch, the offense got clunky because they started double teaming Shea and Shea tried to make the right basketball decision and didn't want to just kind of ram into the double team for no reason. And, lose the game that way, but eventually kind of just had to because the offense was so bad. Eventually, this team will have better pieces around Shea where either A, defenses cannot defend Shea with a double team because if they do, he'll be able to throw to somebody who can actually go get a bucket. Or B, they, again, do defend Shea with a double team and he gets his guy and these guys open and he can make shots. So eventually the double team stuff is going to work itself out because he's not going to be the lone wolf anymore. But for now, it is frustrating. And, and, and Shay mentions a great answer after the game about the double teams. Uh, he, he says that it's not frustrating. It means one of my teammates are open and we're able to, you know, kind of get more space on the floor. And he can't say this part, but, yeah, one of his teammates is open, and eventually those teammates are going to be able to make the shots and be able to come through for him offensively. And so that that is going to be a weapon for them long term, because eventually the defense just will not be able to do this anymore to him down the line as the team begins to add. Now SGA did throw a line into that quote that I thought was a good sign. As you get the clickbait and you get the rumors and you get the oh the Thunder are black eye for the league and SGA looks disinterested and they're gonna trade SGA and you get all these kind of all this kind of stuff, right? All these kind of sources, right? On a random November first night in LA, as the team sits at one in six at the end of a question about being double teamed SGA throws in there that the team is trying to win a championship and they're trying to win a championship. And so Shea getting double teamed and being able to give the ball up in those clutch moments to his teammates is a learning moment and building moment for those guys as well. As they progress towards that goal of winning a championship. Now this is a throwaway cliche line. Everyone in every sport who's a competitor will say that their team, no matter the situation on their team, is trying to win a championship. I think that Jalen Suggs or Jalen Green or any of these, Cade Cunningham, all these teams on the other bad NBA teams will be saying the exact same thing, that they're, that they're trying to win a championship. I'm just saying it, it, there was no need to say that line at all this time. Like it was, There was just no need for it, especially on November, at that point, 2nd Central time, but November 1st, uh, West Coast time, on a random Monday, whenever you're winning seven. There was just kind of no, one in six. No reason to do that at all. Uh, it was, it was, it felt intentional. Maybe it was just a classic cliche, but it did feel different. It felt like kind of a nod to, Hey, I know, I know what we're doing here. I, I am, I am going to echo what Sam Presty and Mark have already done numerous times that I am in line with the organization. Maybe it's nothing, but again, it was kind of weird to throw it in there on a random question on a random Monday after a, after a clutch time loss to the Clippers. But SGA came alive in the third quarter. He was very good in that third quarter. And he's been good in the third quarter all year long. Second most uh points per game in that quarter in the NBA. That's a stat from Nick Crane over at Forbes at Crane NBA on Twitter. You know, he's been really good in the third quarter all year long. And if you just go by total points in the third quarter, he has the most points in that frame in the NBA. Again, from Nick Crane over there at Forbes. And SGA put it pretty simple he doesn't know why like it's not some it could be a coincidence it could be that he takes a little bit a little bit to sell into the game he doesn't know why that the third quarter is so special to him but it's been a trend so far through these first seven games and so we'll see how that trend continues to unfold as we get to the rest of the schedule but he's a great player in that third quarter josh can play the fourth quarter. So if you kind of keep bouncing those guys around each quarter be something special, I want like to watch out for, but she tip of the cap was awesome to and 28 points a little bit of a less efficient game than what you're accustomed to seeing. But again, the trade off between that and the three point shooting is one that you take 10 times out of 10. Coming up, we'll talk more about Derek Favors. and a nice night, a nice night, and the rotation overall. But first, what are good friends over at Shopify? Shopify the sound of making money and the sound of small businesses succeeding. Shopify is a all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. In case you don't know, Shopify is a complete commerce platform that lets you start, grow, and manage businesses. Pure software allows anyone to set up an online store And when you set up an online store, you can sell your products and make your store thrive. Shopify. Shopify store owners can also sell in physical locations using Shopify POS, our point of sale in a company there. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once for big businesses. So, upstate and startups and established like can sell everywhere, synchronized, online, and in jail, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibilities, and Shopify helps make your entrepreneurial dreams come true. So go to shopify.com slash today, all lowercase for a free 14-day trial, and get access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash NBA right now, com slash lockdown right now. Let's say it now. Greater friends, over at betonline.ag. BetOnline is your online sportbook book experts, a brand new website and interface, which is designed perfectly and smoothly and makes your thing go faster and smoother. Go there right now. We've sent today for a free account on your first deposit. You receive a 50% welcome bonus whenever you use our code Locked On. Our code Locked On, 50% welcome bonus from basketball, football, bas- baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, UFC, right up to your ba- favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait to take advantage of these amazing offers available for the 2021 season. But online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sport action, But online, where the game starts. Thank you again for listening to Locked On Thunder. This is your daily podcast by the Oklahoma City Thunder. And it's daily, so subscribe for free on all platforms, and we'll be here for you every single day, every single morning. For your second listen, go check out Locked on NBA to hear what's going on around the NBA, around the national landscape. And then for your third listen, go check out Locked on Fantasy Basketball to make sure you're staying ahead in your leagues. Folks, this is the year that we commit to fantasy basketball and last all year long, and you need help. You need help on who to pick up, who to start, and Josh Lloyd does that for you. Josh Lloyd of Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Now, Pokaszewski, by far the best game of Poku's season, by far. And Mark even points out after the game, the first half was some of the most consistent and some of the best substantial minutes he's ever played in his career. Really good night for Pokaszewski. He loves playing the Clippers. There's just something about the Clippers. Nine points, 66% shooting, five rebounds and assists, and a steal, plus a block. And no true wild, crazy pokoshevsky plays. He's a young player still learning, still growing. But no true, just crazy plays from pokoshevsky which is a bit rare. Uh, and then does not really play in the second half, besides four minutes. So, I've gotten the question on Twitter: Why is you know and, and you know whenever, whenever Trey Man was in with the Thunder, Trey Man, why are they being kind of treated with kid gloves, so to say, where, where it feels like one mistake and they're kind of done uh, for the night? And other players. Can make multiple mistakes, and, and you know even Deir Spasly gets you know thirty minutes tonight and has seven turnovers. I don't really have a great answer. Because, you know, whenever you ask Mark about this, he mentions that you know it's a it's a give and take, push and pull type thing where you can't look at it as oh they've benched You Yeah, look at it as glass half full. Oh, they're giving so and so an opportunity. I'm in the camp of give Pokoshevsky, give Trey Mann, give tell Malibu, give, give these guys minutes, give these guys NBA minutes. But as I mentioned before this podcast, and I've tweeted out, Mark is not in that camp. Mark views it differently, where he he views, you know, he doesn't view the raw NBA minutes as something that's as valuable as the way that they're doing with Trey Mann in the G League and with Pokoshevsky in practices and things like that. So it's just a philosophy thing. It's just a it's just a personal preference type thing. I don't think there's a true right or wrong answer. I think it's just, again, personal preference. And so with what I would do is I would just give pokoshevsky a lot of minutes and I would give Tremaine a lot of minutes. But what the team is doing is they're electing to you know, kind of force them to eat their broccoli, so to say, is the analogy that Mark uses, uh, and, and not only enjoy their Skittles. And as just a pure speculation, when you're looking at, say, Darius Basley or Pokashevsky, why are they letting Darius Basley sink or swim and not Pokashevsky? Pure speculation. It might just be the fact that they care more about good pokoshevsky than they do Basley. Like they don't really care if Basley sinks at this point. They don't really, they don't really mind it. Like they feel fine moving on from Basley. They feel fine whatever happens at the end of this year and making that decision on later on. And pokoshevsky he's the prize project. They want to, they want to hit on him so bad. They want him to turn into this NBA unicorn so bad that they do not want to have him sink or swim. And then he develops bad habits. And it hurts his development, and he takes a step backwards. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's something. It's again, it's hard to actually give a tangible answer because whenever you ask Mark, he he does do the the cat and mouse game a little bit. This is kind of the only area where Mark is like this. He's been a he's been the best coach in the NBA in terms of media presence because he is so transparent. Transparent to a fault almost like I would not blame him if he did more of these cat and mouse games, because it would actually be an advantage of the thunder. But this is an area where his stance on this is going to be, and it's a stance you have to have as a head coach. You cannot just say why you bench somebody and just throw a guy under the bus. But his stance is it's not the fact that Pogoshevsky only plays four minutes in the second half. It's the fact that so-and-so plays 10 minutes or so-and-so plays 13 minutes in the second half. Uh, while Pogoshevsky played a lot more in the first half. Shrug your shoulders and say, okay, coach, I mean, there's not much left to do there. I understand the benefit of not letting Pokushevsky out there in derail his development or only eat skittles, so to say. But also understand the the argument that fans just want to watch Pokushevsky play. And this is one of those moments where, even as fans, we're being told to eat our broccoli. Would we rather just sit back and watch Trey Mann try these step back threes and Pokushevsky try these incredible incredible plays? Yeah, we'd all rather watch that but it's for the betterment long-term that these guys don't do that right now. So even fans are having to eat the broccoli. Maybe we get some hidden Valley ranch or something to go along with it. But in this game, Derek favors was really good. Three for three from the floor, Uh, even nailed a three in this game, which was wild. Nine points, four rebounds, only two fouls. He was really good in this game. Did all right defensively. And he only plays in 15 minutes. And maybe that's just the reason why he was good. Like we mentioned yesterday, the, the Derek Favors dilemma, where you want to play the veteran. You want to you give him time. He wants to be here. He wants to play. He wants to be on this young team. He wants to come off the bench or start or do anything that he has to do. But he's just not good this year. Tonight, he was good in that limited role. Maybe he's at that point in his career, that point in his age, where he can only handle limited roles. To get that spring, to get that mid-range touch, he can only handle 15 minute stretches. Maybe that's where we're at. And maybe it's just a one-off game and he can come out tomorrow, or I should say Wednesday, and or Thursday, actually. My days are all off. Thursday against the Lakers and play 30 minutes and be awesome. Who knows? You know, it's still way too early in the season to judge, especially on a veteran where you have a track record of what he can be. But maybe this is the path for him. Is a is a solid 15-minute stretch, and then you just don't see him again in the game. But he has that really solid 15-minute stretch. Who knows? What we'll see what that goes, but a, a big hat tip to Derek Favors. We had a nice night tonight. Now, we mentioned the show also about the storylines nice to follow along with yesterday. With Lou Dort out, Gabriel Deck out, Aaron Wiggins out, Paul Watson Jr., Vit, Trey Mann out. You have six guys out. It would be pretty telling about how the Thunder rank players or how the Thunder value players based on who didn't play tonight. And again, you don't want to look into too much of the rotation via one game, but they were limited tonight. They had had six guys unavailable, for whatever the reason. G League for Wiggins, Watson, Vitt, and Mann. Heel injury with Deck and a shoulder injury with Udort. And yet, Isaiah Roby does not play at all. And and, uh, Ty Jerome plays almost six minutes. He plays five minutes and 54 seconds. Is that something? Is it nothing? It's up for you to decide, but everyone else played above 10 minutes and really everyone else played above 15 minutes besides those two players. Take it for what it is. I'd like to see Ty Jerome get more minutes personally. I don't mind the DNP for Isaiah Roby as much. I I, I would rather watch uh, Ty Jerome play, and I'd rather watch Jerry play over Isaiah Roby anyway. So I don't really mind the Isaiah Roby thing, but I do I do would like to see Ty Jerome play more. Maybe it was just kind of based on a defense thing tonight with Ty Jerome where you don't really want his defense out there uh, against the Clippers and in these kind of tight games like this, uh, even though he can knock down some threes. And didn't seem like he had it tonight, Over for 3, the floor over two from three, maybe that was just the entire basis of the decision because Ty Jerome and a shooter like Ty Jerome, you can kind of tell in the first five minutes if they have it tonight. And maybe Mark saw something that said, "Hey, this guy does not have it tonight, so we're going to pull him and kind of sit him down for the rest of the night." So at least he did get into the game and did get some action. Now, we're at the thirty-minute mark, so I'll save you the Darius basically talk, but sadly for some of you, I've got a lot of complaints of updates basically about not even wanting to hear about Darius Basley anymore. We will talk Darius Basley tomorrow. I'm sorry, we will. But it's been a reprieve today from Baisley. We'll do that more tomorrow. Uh, So until then, follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore style. Subscribe to the Locked On Thunder podcast anywhere you get podcasts from for free. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.